Hello lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network for a, I don't know if like special episode really describes this week's show. Um, obviously, uh, this will be coming out on the eve of Christmas Eve. Um, <laughs> uh, something for the, the holiday season here, and of course, like a lot of places, um, in in the media sphere, um, us at Outsports are like kind of a taking a little bit of a break, a tiny little bit of a break in terms of like how much um work we're doing over at the site. But I still wanted to do a show this week because one, I don't like missing weeks, and two. Um, I need to fulfill a promise that I had made to all of you lovely listeners out there um, earlier in the year. So whenever I uh, posted the nominations and subsequent ballot for the QWI awards earlier this year in November, um, you know, I left a feedback section in there because I wanted to hear uh, critique. I wanted to hear constructive criticism about the awards. This is the first year that we've done anything like this before. And uh, knowing myself and knowing how inaugural things can go, obviously mistakes are going to be made and the things were, that were going to need to be tweaked were going to present themselves, whether through my own review of the process or through all of y'all's uh, look at the process. So that's what we're doing today. Um, I'm going to go, I went through every piece of feedback that was, uh, listed on the ballot there, which, um, first off, thank you so much to the sheer amount of people that responded and, and voted in the, the first QWI awards this year. It's amazing to see, um, nearly 1400 people, 1400 ballots cast, which was amazing, um, way above what, uh, I my expectations were, <laughs> I would say. Um, but it just goes to show how um, how much the desire for this community is there. Um, from the community itself, from people that are allied with it, people that support the LGBTQ community in pro wrestling, and just this overriding passion to continue to see it grow and to see it celebrated in this way, a way that it really never has been before. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily my goal in putting these together was to, like, do something that was completely different from the way that we've seen LGBTQ identities framed in pro wrestling. But it was more so just like, you know, it's it was a fun thing to do, but also with that fun comes a lot of power. Um, a lot of... Uh, kind words and gestures put into action in a way and, and to give this community something not only for them for them to strive to win per se um in in this uh world where you know so many people kind of to an extent i would say inaccurately uh ascribe their own worth to their position in their occupation or their art form but just to celebrate the things that we love honestly the people that we love 
the matches that we love, the shows that we love, all the different aspects of pro wrestling that we love and are steadily becoming queerer as the days roll on. Um, obviously, we'll have more traditional episodes of the show coming um, next week and into 2022. But for today, I have compiled a list of the um, more frequent points that were brought up in the feedback list to go over. And I figured we'd just go through them one-on-one and I'll give a little bit of uh, background and explanation and, and maybe we'll get into a little bit of a discussion about how these things can be addressed per se, where they need addressing. Um, and the first one <laughs> that was uh, interesting to me was uh, multiple people asking why no WWE people were nominated. Um, and this kind of speaks to the larger uh wording and explanation i think around the fan nomination format so obviously the main reason why there were no wwe people nominated um was because no one really nominated them or at least not in the same frequency that other people were nominated and you know that speaks to the the fan lens in a way and then the things that, that fans are paying attention to were there people that wrestled in WWE that are queer and deserved highlight? Yes, of course. I mean, Dewdrop, for all the issues that I and so many other people have with WWE's relationship with uh, Saudi Arabia and the uh, the Crown Jewel shows, Dewdrop made history being the first out queer person to wrestle in Saudi Arabia on a WWE event this year. Um, we also saw, obviously, Shayna... Baszler had a, a really fun run alongside Nia Jax as the women's tag team champions, including being the only out queer person on the WWE roster to wrestle at WrestleMania this year. Mercedes Martinez and Jake Atlas did a lot of fun stuff whenever they were still under contract to WWE. You know, Tegan Knox made her SmackDown debut before her release as well. Tony Storm uh, came out and and was involved in the NXT Championship picture. Um, also debuted on SmackDown. Now wrapped up in a, a feud with Charlotte. So there are there are definitely people under WWE contract at some point, various points during the year that did stuff that I think would have put them in that conversation. But ultimately, I view the QWI awards as the avenue for fans to speak their mind and and to highlight the people that they believe deserve to be highlighted and you know like any democratic process that can lead to oversight of some people and other, another issue that i'll get to a little bit later on as well when it comes to you know the focus that audiences have on different regions of the world but at the end of the day you know the QWI 200 list is where I get to put a lot of my personal feelings around these performers and around where their accomplishments and their years and, and their meaning in this community really uh, stand. Um, and of course, this year was the first time that I ever did a rank list. So obviously, and then like anything, like I'm sure that, you know, the same way that I'm looking at this process i'm going to look at the qwi 200 ranking process and probably make some tweaks here and there as well but i still stand by how i ranked everybody this year on that list and so i wanted so knowing that i wanted to 
give fans that option. And sometimes when that happens, some people fall through the cracks. Like I know that, you know, Mercedes Martinez had an outstanding year and I think that she would have definitely fit into that 10 uh, wrestler list of nominees for wrestler of the year had she gotten uh, more votes from fans. But ultimately I, I left this in the hands of the people that listened to the show and wanted to vote uh, and nominate people. And, that there's just uh, there's always going to be someone that falls through the cracks in in that fashion you know i don't necessarily like it but that's just the nature of the beast um maybe i will look at that nomination process a bit more um, you know i've thought about maybe putting a little bit more editorial control on some of this as well but at the end of the day i want to keep this as transparent as possible and i want to make sure that i am honoring the voices of the people that vote and take the time to think about these things and nominate the people that they believe deserve to be in these positions because while you know i'm the one that publishes the podcast and publishes the articles and, and covers this industry through a queer lens on a regular basis my voice matters just as much as the fans voice in a lot of the cases you know fans have a right to voice their you know, pleasure and displeasure with a lot of stuff, especially when it comes to how LGBTQ identities are represented and when it comes to LGBTQ participants in pro wrestling. So I wanted to make sure that I honored that because at the end of the day, the only difference between me and, you know, some people that put together really good Twitter threads is just that I have a job doing it as opposed to not having a job doing it um so yeah i'm I'm, maybe we'll we'll look at maybe some some tweaks here and there but i i stand by the fan nomination format for right now and um we'll see if if i feel like there's any really like major changes i need to to make there um next up another one that i saw a lot as well was requests to embed matches videos and social media links for different wrestlers just so people can familiarize themselves with the things that they are voting on so this would be an easy fix i think um, now granted i say this as someone who has never made an online survey before never made any kind of like ballot like this before so uh, there was a very quick education process for me in terms of getting this together and getting some put up for everyone to to look at and to vote on and you know it's just i think growing pains when it comes to broadening that education i i think i was just trying to familiarize myself with the basic set of tools and obviously once that is done now i can expand on that so um i definitely hear you it's definitely something that i want to do going on at least for the the matches that i can um provide links for and that sort of thing because i want people to make an informed decision not everybody watches everything you know and i i know for sure that because i don't get the chance to watch everything that I want to watch. I try and watch as much as possible, but there's just the sheer amount of pro wrestling out there right now. It can be a little difficult. So providing a reference source is, is definitely something that I'm going to look forward uh, look to do in next year's QWI awards balloting process. That will be reserved to the actual ballot, though not the nomination process, obviously, because you are providing the names in the nomination process, not me. So 
I'll, I'll look at adding that to the ballot next year because I think that can be a valuable resource, definitely. And especially for people that aren't as familiar with, you know, certain wrestlers, certain matches, or especially even in like some of the media format, the media categories, rather. Um, you know, some people might not be as familiar with certain writers or certain podcasters, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that's a solid point and a solid addition that will be made next year. <laughs> um, the other one that I got probably the most was people asking why I required answers on the ballot. So this mainly was because I wanted to make sure that there was equal participation across all the categories. Um, but at the same time, that does not take into account personal preferences and, and personal experiences with certain things. I know there were a lot of people that were like, you know, voting on the wrestling categories, but don't listen to podcasts, you know, or don't really engage with wrestling media a ton um, out, outside of certain places. So um, I think that... I think that it's a valid point. I think that was a little bit short-sighted on my end, honestly, to do that because, like I said, I wanted to make sure that we had like equal numbers and equal participation throughout all of the categories so that we wouldn't have just like a huge chunk of people voting for Wrestler of the Year but only like 100 to 200 people voting for Podcast of the Year. But at the end of the day, that might actually be a better process of doing it because then those 200 people are the people that engage with these shows and have a better idea of what they're voting for rather than someone just voting off, voting for something off of a name. Um, so I'll, I will definitely take that into consideration and, and see where that can be better. Maybe adding the links to podcasts and to uh, writers and, and content creators um, in the nominations on the ballot would be a good way to bridge that gap, keep that a required answer, but give people resources to look into these shows and in these products that, um, not products. I hate describing journalism, journalistic work as products. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's a slip of the tongue. You've been around wrestling for so long. You describe certain things that you hear the, the word product so much described, uh, or used to describe, um, the actual like in-ring um, presentation of it that it just kind of gets logged in your brain and you forget about all these like all the different ties to like corporatism and and, and commoditization that 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 entails and I just don't like that so um, but all that being said I think that maybe providing resources for people to look into these shows while requiring the answer might be a good route to go doing away with a requirement might be a, another good way to go. So that's something that I'll be taking into consideration there. And, and there will probably be some changes when it comes to requiring answers in some form um, or some relationship between those two uh, going forward. Um, another one <laughs> that I got a lot, and I even commented about this on the award ceremony show was uh, better category explanations. So this was probably the one thing that I got on myself the most, especially when it comes to the Flowers Impact Award. Um, obviously, there are some categories that are much more self-explanatory. Match of the year, you know you're voting on a match. Event of the year, you know you're voting on an event. But certain things um, deserve a bit more explanation, especially the Flowers Impact Award. Um, you know, something that kind of celebrates 
presence achievement as well as significance to a community in, in that way but without actually putting that there no one really knows what they're voting on and that was probably the the largest oversight that i had in putting the ballot together this year um i luckily and and i think very um astutely a lot of people still voted based off of those guidelines even though i didn't put them there and you know sunny is an outstanding option um for to win that award as well so it fits right in with what i wanted that reward that award to represent but that was kind of a happy accident because i didn't actually explain that in on the ballot so that's definitely going to change going forward um, I also will probably include some of the um, qualification criteria as well in some of the certain things. Because like some like tag team of the year, the criteria really was like one person on the team had to be LGBTQ, but I didn't voice that. Um, I don't think anybody really had a problem with, with how that process worked out there. But you always want to put more information out where you can, you know, without cluttering everything. So I that's definitely something that is going to be addressed going forward um as well as the option of uh, of an other uh option on the ballot you know a lot of uh, i've noticed since we've had the um the rise in number of awards this year which is amazing to see that so many people are taking it upon themselves to celebrate you know their community whether it be a certain promotion or you know certain um cultural community um we're seeing more of of these celebrations and these awards that are highlighting outstanding performances for the year and a number of them do include another option and, and i didn't include that in this ballot because you know i left the fan the nomination process open to all of the fans um that being said even though there are a i think perfectly acceptable number of nominees in each category sometimes another option can be good if someone wants to write in someone else you know um it's not necessarily something that i'm always on on board with per se especially when it comes to, to the logistics of of doing this sort of thing but i'm not opposed to it either that's something i'll have to sit with and think about whether i want to do um because that can that could potentially muck up a lot of things on the back end of putting this together and then making sure that everything gets gets put together in an organized way but i also want to be as free and open with these um, awards as possible and let people vote on someone that they believe if they're if they're out of the 10 or 5 nominees in a list like if there's something another option that they believe is better then you know, there's nothing wrong with providing an option to voice that. I think so. We'll leave that on the uh, on the clipboard for right now, <laughs> and we'll see um, where I land on on 2022. Definitely an option to consider, um, as well as adding categories. This is something that is straight from me, actually, my own feedback on this. So, you know, there were some people that asked, you know, why there was no category for like ring announcers or commentators and that sort of thing or, or best promo or, or best move and like i felt like with already having 14 categories i didn't want to have just like an extensive like grammy award length ballot to to vote on there um but at the end of the day um 
some of those things can be pretty fun. I know that best move can be um, really fun, especially you know, within the queer wrestling community, because whenever you give queer people the opportunity to name things and to come up with things, cool things happen. You know, one of the things that I really have seen people latch on to outside of the queer community when it comes to looking into the queer community are like how certain finishers are named. You know, I tell you right now, the easiest conversation starter whenever I talk to a straight wrestling fan or a member of the straight a straight member of the wrestling media to start talking about queer pro wrestling is to tell them that Jay Vidal's finisher is called the power bottom bomb. It's just it's 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 a beautiful, beautiful example of, of how certain um, aspects of the queer community interacting with the pro wrestling community can be um, positive conversation starters to get the ball rolling so people learn more about these people and about um, this movement. So, you know, in that aspect, yeah, I think that's definitely something that's worth celebrating as well. I don't know if I'm going to break everything down into like each position on a wrestling presentation per se. Um, that's kind of what the personality of the year award is meant to be is for like people in non-wrestling roles, uh, primarily non-wrestling roles. But it doesn't mean that, that I'm not a, fully opposed to the idea. It's just a matter of keeping the ballot somewhat succinct. I say succinct, but it's still 14 awards long right now. But you know, there, I want to celebrate every aspect of pro wrestling as well in doing that. And I thought that consolidating everything to personality of the year did that. And it, it still might going forward. But you know, I'm definitely up for adding like, best promo, best move that sort of thing um, to to the awards for sure. I'll have to sit with myself and see how I feel about breaking things down by, you know, position on an on-air presentation like that. And that also kind of speaks to a little bit of oversight that I had when it came to the media portion of the ballot because, you know, I think it was a little bit short-sighted to me to only put writers, journalists, and podcasters as, as people that were up for awards because there are so many more facets of um, creation that are going on in these spaces between like Twitch and TikTok and YouTube and you know various social media platforms. Um, there, there's just so many different ways for you to kind of build a following and to put out worthwhile, um, engaging. Um, stuff out there for people to really latch on to and, and to build a community around. So I'm definitely going to be adding a, um, a creator award as well um, for that, just to cover those sort of things. Because, like, let's be real, like, there are outstanding um, creators out there, and they deserve to be highlighted as well, even if they're not, like, published on a website or putting a podcast out, you know. The first one that comes to mind is the Church of Joshi. Like that, that sort of that sort of content deserves a, a category to be um, voted on and awarded. Honestly, and that was a oversight on my end. <laughs> so, um, yes. Yeah, so look for that to be added next year. 
Alright, Yens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT RingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. And that kind of brings us to a couple of the larger issues that, that were presented to me as well um, when it came to this. One being um, the quote-unquote American focus of a lot of the nominations uh, here on, on the awards. Obviously, there were really only two awards that included nominees that from promotions not based in america three actually three or four um if you count you know oscar being nominated for for two and then we had full force wrestling being nominated for promotion of the year and charlie morgan's return at wrestle kingdom four for moment of the year obviously that ratio does not reflect um the standing of pro wrestling as it pertains to America versus the world. We have very vibrant, diverse, and um, engaging pro wrestling realms across the globe, honestly. I think the QWI 200 shows that, for sure. But I think being that I am based in America, and that I write for an American-based website that covers, uh, a, if not a majority, a good chunk of american sports and american athletes as opposed to international athletes at times i think that sometimes that bias just kind of exists because of the the location in a way and because of that sort of thing i know it's not an active thought on my end when it comes to that as well um, maybe providing a best international category would be a good way of doing that, but also that kind of creates this weird, like, separate but equal sort of thing for me. I've always, 
I've always been wary of like the Academy Awards whenever they do best foreign language film and then best film because it always kind of delineates that the best films are made in English and they are made by American studios as opposed to the foreign language films, which, you know, in some cases can be uh, much better than any of the, the films that are nominated for best film. So I don't want to fall into that trapping because that, I think, even more so negates the presence of international wrestlers in this world of pro wrestling. Um, but outside of making sure to um, like upping promotion, I think to international audiences or that sort of thing, it becomes, it's a little bit hard because so much of the nomination portion of this, I do put out there for fans to participate in. And, you know, I don't necessarily have the, the stats or, or the numbers in front of me to see how many of the, the listeners to the show are based outside of the United States to know what the audience looks like there. I can definitely take a guess and say that it's a majority American audience that's listening to this show. Therefore, more than likely, a majority American audience is going to be voting uh, or nominating wrestlers and voting in these awards. So that can definitely create a um, a sense that there is a strict American focus on this. I don't, I don't want this to be a strict American focus, but I also realize that there are certain biases that, outside of me taking a lot more editorial control over this, um, are hard to navigate when it comes to how I want to put this together. So that's something I'll probably be definitely looking at going forward is to how better to get this get the word out to international fans and to people to fans in america of international promotions and wrestlers to be able to widen that view because there are so many outstanding people that um you know are just starting out and and that are going to be part of this this whole awards thing for as long as i do it because they're going to keep growing and getting better and they're going to be making names for themselves to the point that they'll be up for consideration for these things and, and that's what i ultimately want to see i have no desire for this to be a strictly american or north american based awards uh ceremony this is for everyone um no matter where you are and what and the wrestling that you're watching and i just have to try and figure out a better way of making sure that the international audience is able to engage with it in the same way that the American and North American audience is. So um, that's on me to try and, and figure out a better way. And I'm going to put in the work to try and do it, honestly, because at the end of the day, this is for all of us. Every single person who listens to this show, every single person who loves pro wrestling and every single person who is out there pushing this world of pro wrestling to be better for queer identities and that kind of brings you to the last point and probably the the hardest one to address honestly when it comes to the the feedback here because um 
there were a lot of comments about certain people that were nominated. Um, not because of wrestling prowess or because of like what they accomplished in the year, but because of the situation that occurred post Polyam Cole Party 4 between uh, Stephanie Sterling and the Great Bambina. Um, so, you know, there were people that expressed displeasure at both of them receiving nominations. Um, you know, Bambina was nominated for Breakout Star of the Year and Sterling was nominated for Personality of the Year. Um, and for their work in pro wrestling, I believe both deserve those nominations. And because the fans did as well, I left I left them as nominees because they, they both deserved it. Now, obviously, there are opposing sides in in the issue there, you know. And but at the same time, like it's a it's a hard issue to kind of move through because there's so many different kind of extenuating things from it. Like obviously when it comes to Bambina not divulging um, some of the things from, from her past to Sterling ahead of, you know, teaming with them uh, at the Polyam Cult Party 4, like they've owned up to that. Bambina's owned up to that. That it came from a place of fear, according to her. And, you know, these things have followed, these allegations of, um, of abuse have followed her for nearly a decade at this point. And she's been putting in a lot of work to try and be a better person and overcome these, these issues. But also, you know, she staunchly <laughs> denies that uh, a number of them, you know, while owning up to, um, a, a lot of them as well, you know. I think that you know there's a lot of power in her recognizing that she was a toxic person at times in in relationships and friendships, and that she recognizes that, and that she you know she recognizes that those things were a mistake, and that she's trying to actively grow and and be better for it, and has been doing so over the course of of a decade or so. Um, at the same time, though, I totally understand why Sterling was, you know, hurt by the situation of not having that information, um, given to them prior to, um, teaming with Bambina on the show and, and, you know, recruiting Bambina to be on, on the show with them. Um, I don't believe that how that situation was handled in the public sphere was probably the best, honestly at all um i think it opened a lot of old wounds for bambina as well as um kind of created somewhat of a divide um in, in a place where like you have to take a side in this sort of thing and i don't like that honestly yes on this show i have said multiple times we believe survivors we we um, take accusations and allegations seriously, um, so much so that, you know, I constantly preface any segment when I'm talking about someone who has allegations against them um, by voicing that. But there's a clear difference between the situation with Bambina and the situation with so many other people that we've seen when it comes to 
whether it be the speaking out movement previous or previous to that is that these allegations are you know nearly a decade old and speak to a different place in bambina's life you know a different mental and, and physical state of health for them that you know they have done a lot of work to recognize was wrong and to better themselves um through uh, since then that being said i totally understand why some promotions or some people in pro wrestling might be somewhat wary um, and and put more stock on on those things existing in in Vampina's past or anyone's past really when it comes to building a working relationship with them and that's on a case by case basis you know that's that's just how someone views someone else when it comes to that um, and and how much those things matter in in the larger scheme of things you know Bambina herself has said since all of this happened that you know she will be and, and wants to be more transparent about this stuff because she doesn't want the situation that happened to to happen again and and to put any burden that someone may feel from having the association with her put and put them into a situation where we we had what happened and blow up in, in the way that it did here you know at the same time like i said before i understand you know not having all that information why sterling would feel the way that they do uh, in this i just feel like a lot of the conversation around this and a lot of the the, the details and a lot of the um minutiae of this decade-long process for bambina gets lost in in some of the conversation around this and and you know she's written um stuff herself kind of talking about this here and there um i would highly suggest anyone go read um the the doc that, that she put out if you want more information about all the stuff and 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 her process there and then of course you know check out sterling as well and and what they had to say around this but at the end of the day um you know both were deserving of being nominated here both kind of handled the situation poorly in different ways but ultimately both are good for the community in 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 way in differing fashions i would say but they're both they're both good for the community and because of that i think that's why i left them there and 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 honored the nominations from the fans um i've said earlier in the show you know i've teased the idea of putting a bit more editorial control on this going forward um and kind of addressing you know certain people or certain um figures or in in pro wrestling that do wind up on these nomination lists um, and do garner enough nominations to be put on the final ballot and kind of doing a bit more work on on my end to figure out if i if i want to really exercise more control uh, over that but i don't know it's a it's a it's a thin line to walk honestly it really is because, you know, 
Bambina has done a lot of work to address those issues in her life and to overcome that stuff, as well as the abuse that, that she alleges to have suffered as well, you know, um, cause, and that's what complicates this more is that like, not only does Bambina address the, um, the, the allegations against her, but also addresses like how she was abused as well in this whole situation. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's a complicated issue that it's probably going to sit with me for, for a while, honestly. But at the end of the day, if someone's doing the work to better themselves in a genuine and authentic way and, you know, isn't trying to force themselves back in, into this world the way that Bambina is, um, that that shows me more than I think the vast majority of people whose names we've seen brought up when it comes to um, allegations of abuse and allegations of assault and that sort of thing. At the same time, you know, Sterling has their right to want all the information about the people that they are going to be associating with. Um, I think that's a right that anybody has, honestly. And, you know, that that informs a decision there. And and who knows, maybe Bambina, I don't even want to speculate, honestly, uh, about how Polyam Cult Party 4 would have gone differently had that information been available. But at the end of the day, both were deserving of nominations. In terms of editorial control, you know, I do already exude some of that in terms of like certain people that were nominated, whether like they are not members of the LGBTQ community, because there were some people nominated that were not, um, as well as you know, taking I do vet people nominated as well. Um, so, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here and just putting anyone that is nominated by the fans on onto this there is some editorial work it's just a matter of do i feel like i need to expand that um going forward and that, that's something that i will be deciding um at some point before the next qwi awards come out um i think the final word on, on this for me is just that this whole situation could have been handled a whole lot better and a whole lot differently and um, it goes to show that I think sometimes these kind of issues get oversimplified. Um, and I'm guilty of it as well, you know, but it, it, it does benefit to kind of take a step back and look at everything from a wider glance and try and get a better idea of what has occurred and, and what's occurred since those those things happened, and you know, hold people accountable to their actions while also letting people have an avenue to um, better themselves and and learn from what occurred. You know, so exactly what I'm doing here on a much less severe. Stint, uh, stint uh, I think. Um, that being said, though, I think that's where we're going to leave it for now. Once again, thank you to everyone who um, voted in the QWI Awards this year. Congratulations again to all of the winners. Congratulations to all 200 members of the QWI 200. Um, 
big thank you to Outsports for um, hosting that list and, and giving me uh, a place to put together all of these wonderful celebrations of LGBTQ people in pro wrestling that you know, haven't really existed before. Uh, and they're going to keep existing as long as, uh, as long as I have my say, damn it. Um, but with that, um, I will let everybody get back to their holiday plans, whatever they have going on. Um, I know I have stuff that I need to take care of as well. I got family coming in. Well, and, uh, I'm sure there's going to be something fun to go down. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to do it for us here this week on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, come back next week. We will be closing out the year with um, what we do best on this show. Uh, but until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated and boosted, if at all possible. That Omicron is not anything to be trifled with from what we've been seeing, not just in the sports world, but in the greater world of uh, just society, I guess. Um, but however you celebrate, enjoy your celebrations this year and make sure to come back because we're going to keep celebrating what we celebrate every week here on this show. Bye. She made a deal with the demon so a lover could live But the moon is high and the devil is shot and stick It's the formula 666